welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is November. It's officially November, uh, which means October has come and gone, and we did not do any Halloween specials, despite me tweeting out originally that we were going to do Halloween specials. Uh, so maybe we'll be better for Christmas, but uh, we did not end up doing that. So whoopsie daisy. Um, but we're here. It's Monday, uh, which means we're back for Monday Night Raw. As you know, for any of our loyal Raw listeners, we watch Raw every week and review it. And if we're going to keep reviewing until we both unanimously give an episode a thumbs up. Uh, so, of course, we, we've been doing this since May of this year and still have yet to do it. The closest we got was on the episode where Big E cashed in his Money in the Bank contract. But uh, even that wasn't enough for us. So, without further ado, I'm Pat and I'm joined by the current Deep Six Predictions champion who will be putting his title on the line next week at AEW Full Gear. But I'll let him introduce himself to you. Yeah, um, I'm Joey. Uh, what's going on? And yeah, I can easily lose it at full gear. How are you? Um, uh, honestly, I didn't. I didn't realize that next week was full gear. It yeah. feels like it's. I feel like uh, all out was like yesterday. Yeah, that's um, fair. It definitely has like crept up. For um, sure. How are you feeling? Uh, obviously, we don't have a full card. We have two matches officially. Um, mm. You think you're gonna be able to pull one out? I don't know. It's going to be tough. I think uh, we all usually, well, most of us do well on AEW. Um, maybe not like uh, Sam or Jake or sometimes Angelo. <laughs> but I think the rest of us do rather well. So I definitely have some competition, um, as always, because, you know, you just never know. And just look at the G1, for example. I mean, a lot of a lot of us that, you know that don't watch New Japan, like, you know, Angelo, Sam, and Jake, uh, well, besides really Sam, but Angelo and Jake did well. Yeah. <laughs> so, you never know. It's uh, all it's all luck, honestly. Absolutely. We're not the bookers. We don't have the results. We just kind of make our predictions and hope for the best. That is true. So, what you can look forward to from us is, obviously, if you're listening to this, you get the role review today. Uh, Wednesday, Dynamite is on, and we'll have a review for Dynamite either Wednesday night or sometime Thursday. Uh, Thursday is Impact Wrestling. Um, I don't know what they're doing this week because Angela's going to be on vacation. Uh, Ryan is either doing a solo show on Thursday or they're putting it out on Saturday. So if you're an Impact fan, keep your eyes peeled to our podcast feed between Thursday and Saturday to look for the podcast. And... Uh, New Japan Power Struggle is this weekend. Um, I might do a review for it by myself. Um, I'm looking forward to the show. It actually has one of the better lineups for a New Japan show. What is it? Uh, the 4th? So, Thursday? Okay. So, um, so we have that. Uh, Eternals, the new Marvel movie's coming out. I'm sure whenever we all see it, we'll probably mention it on the podcast. Uh, me and Joey both saw Last Night in Soho over the past couple days, so obviously we're a little late for Halloween, but I enjoyed it. I gave it four uh, four stars out of five. I thought it was really good. Um, I thought Thomas and McKenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy were really good as the two leads. There's a lot of twists and turns, so me and Joey both talked about it. I don't know if we ever mentioned it on the podcast, but um, 
we again we were excited for this movie, but the we felt that the trailers was giving away uh, giving away a little too much. Uh, I would say if you are in the boat where you thought the trailers were spoiling stuff, still go see it because coming out of the theater there was a lot to leave you uh, jaw dropped and shocked with the the twists and turns uh, that go on through it. It's also funnier than I expected. The trailers didn't really play up any of the comedy, but there's a decent amount of jokes in the movie. So. Yeah, for sure. Um... I gave it a I gave it five stars out of five. Um, I'm trying to think of I didn't give that many movies five stars this year. Um, Dune. Oh, Dune. Well, I said many. I haven't given many, so that was up there. And uh, yeah, that was probably my favorite movie of, of the year so far. I'd say. Um, I'm just really big on like you know thriller horror, you know genre. So like. Um, it was really good, and honestly, Mackenzie, you know, she she killed it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, and she's really young too. Mm-hmm. She's like twenty one, and so she has a really bright future, um, in you know in this genre or any genre, honestly, because I think she's just great overall. So, yeah, it was really good. Yes, definitely go see it. Um, it's not what you expect. Absolutely. Um, if you've seen Jojo Rabbit, Thomas and Mackenzie plays the Jewish girl in that as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's also another great movie. Exactly. Two great movies for her uh, in a very short time. So, you'll love to see it. Um, Dune, we never mentioned on the podcast, but I am head over heels about Dune. Took my top spot for my movie of the year. Uh, movie of the year. Absolutely phenomenal. I will probably watch it at least one more time before the year's over. Um, just breathtaking. See it, go see it in IMAX if you haven't. You really have to. I sent you guys like the pictures of the difference between IMAX and watching right. it in regular. You and, should like, watch it. You should watch it every day until the part two drops. <laughs> oh my god! I'd be watching it every day. I'd be watching a two and a half hour movie for <laughs> over hey, for, it, for like two years. But for, for two years, yeah. Oh my but, god. Like, I st- I, so I have all of the Dune books upstairs. I've only made like a very small dent into the first Dune book. Yeah. Dude, they're really hard to read. Dude, I think like if, unless you're like an avid reader that really enjoys reading, like you can like reading, but if you're, unless you're like a really avid reader, I feel like reading can be like a task. Absolutely, you know I mean? yeah, like, I'm somebody who like writes. Not like, like do it. Yeah, like I mean, I'm an, I'm an English major, and I right, struggle through right, that. Like. Yeah. It's it's hard. Books is definitely not for me. I I'll just go in all in on the movies. I agree. Um, audiobooks can be okay. Like I love Harry Potter, so all the movies, but I would probably never venture into the books. That's probably fair. Yeah. Um, Yeah, especially because like again, if you're doing like a series, then you have to like commit to the whole thing. If you're like, oh, I'm gonna read the Harry Potter books, you're not just gonna read like the first one. Right. So (laughs) exactly. Um. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, Eternals comes out this week. I'm sure we might talk about it. Um, and for the rest of the year, because we're getting into the season where there's just lots of movies coming out. As we see stuff, I'm sure we'll mention it on the podcast. Uh, especially on episodes like tonight, where we're doing Raw. And normally we used or not normally anymore, but during the summer when we started this, we'd always start with trivia. And so now we don't really have a regular opening, so now it's just talk about random stuff. So I'm more than down to talk about movies. We also have... Uh, Random bits of news from today to go over. Uh, for Ryan and Angelo, they'll be happy to know Impact had a little viewership boost uh, coming out of Bound, uh, Bound for Glory. They did 100,000 viewers on Access TV, uh, which is up from 93,000 viewers the week before. 
So a nice little boost there of uh, 7,000 viewers. Um, we had the reveal uh, from Andrew Zarian today that uh, on January 8th, AEW will be doing one of their TNT specials, uh, which we're supposed to be getting, what, I think it's like four a year? I think so, yeah. Um, and apparently it is going to be the Battle of the Belts thing, which if you remember, I think it was, it was earlier this year, I want to say, like during the summer when this first, like, there was like the rumor and people were saying it was going to be like the super show between like AEW, New Japan, Impact and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming that's not going to be the case anymore and it's mainly just going to be right. an AEW show. Yeah. But uh, worth noting that that's a thing that's happening. Um, I'm interested to see how the TNT specials are. Yeah. If they're presented more like pay-per-views or... What exactly? Yeah, I don't really. I wouldn't be surprised, like, if New Japan wasn't a part of this show. Yeah, I wouldn't. Because Battle of Belts, like, when I think of like, like you know, it works in WWE because they have two brands and mm-hmm. they can you can't really do that in AEW. You know I mean, because they only have like, a certain amount of titles. So like, yeah, well, you could do, you could do like the World Champ versus the TNT Champ. Yeah. You could do TBS versus. AEW Women's Champion because they'll have yeah. a ta- they'll have a champion by then. Yeah, yeah. Tag team, I guess you would do the tag title like the AEW tag titles versus the AAA. So yeah, FTR yeah. versus somebody. Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah. Unless FTR win the I tag mean, titles as a pay per view because then they right, then they right. just face themselves. So yeah, no, that's a good point. They could bring in like a New Japan yeah, thing, um, sure. or AAA for that matter too because they still work yeah. with AAA. Mm-hmm. But um, that's interesting. And then the last thing is that we have MLW has been like releasing a bunch of people lately. Um, the big names uh, are I've seen Jordan Oliver and Mance Warner, and then today, uh, Filthy Tom Lawler, the current yeah. strong open weight champion. So yeah. well, I think his contract ended. Yeah, but he's gone. Yeah, is the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see where. I'm assuming he goes to New Japan full time. I, I think he's all. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's been like he's their first ever, you know, strong champion, and he's been. I, I think he's all in, probably with New Japan. Yeah, I would have point. to assume so, which I'm yeah. cool with because I like I mean, Tom. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll be interested to see if he brings anybody with him, like if he brings like Chris Dickinson into New Japan. Yeah. Um, or what? But I'm all for. New faces in New Japan. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, MLW is also like booked, is booking people too. Yeah, they, they have booked Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb yeah. So, that just means that Jeff Cobb's going to be in the States. So, never know. He could always show up on Dynamite once again. Um, yeah, I don't really know what purpose he would serve besides just a one off match or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that's that. Well, could, could come with Will Ospreay. That's true. That's true. Although, again, I still just don't know. Like, what? What would you? Okay, if you were to bring Will Osprey, what would? You, what match would you go to for him? Um, probably Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Would you just do it on probably a TV Brian. or probably Brian could, or Punk? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Well. So, okay. Because. Okay. So full gears next week. Mm-hmm. Punk still doesn't have a match. The implication from. This past Friday yeah. is that's going to be Eddie Kingston. If you wanted to pull the surprise, you could do Osprey because again they like because they could just easily do Punk and Kingston on like Rampage or something, or Dynamite next or week. Or Dynamite. I yeah. feel like they might. Well, they could do that, but or they could just save it for. I mean, either way, if they save it for the review, that's fine too. Cause I yeah, think that's great. But yeah, you could. They could just pull the surprise. No, it all depends on what's going on. That's fair. Um, if CM Punk were to face Osprey, do you think? Punk wins, or do you think Osprey wins? 
I think Osprey would win. Yeah. I think Punk would definitely give him the rub there. Even though he's not an AEW person. Mm, that's a good, that's a good point too. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I think it all depends on on Punk. Do you think there's a chance that we're still going to get Punk versus Wardlow at the pay-per-view? Because that was on the... When we had the leaked thing right. with Tony carrying uh, the thing, it was Punk no. and Wardlow. I don't think that... No, that just I doesn't just, seem... I, I just don't know how you get to that now. Right. I think... See, I think there was definitely truths to that. To that thing that, like, leaked. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely a rough draft. And, like, we probably won't see everything that was on that. No. Because there's no way we're going to get to Wardlow versus Punk. It just... Just doesn't seem likely. It just it would just be so random at this point. Yeah, if they somehow got to that and like made it make sense. I, I mean, mean, sure, yeah, more power. But um, yeah, I mean, I could see honestly, I could see you know Kingston beating a uh, Punk if they wanted to. That'd be an interesting one. I I'm assuming that Kingston and Moxley are both going heel because Moxley yeah. seems to be headed heel, and Kingston from Rampage again seems like he's probably going that direction. Yeah. See, see, that's why I like Kingston's character so much. It's because, like, it's really, like, no matter if he's, like, face or he's, like, heel, he always feels like the same character. Yeah, it's always Eddie. Because he's just real, you know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to, like, really judge what he is. I feel the same know? with Mox. Mox feels very natural. Yeah. Like, his progression. Yeah, I mean, people is... are going to, I think people are just going to cheer both of them regardless of I think what it's they depend- do. I think it depends on who they're against. Yeah. It's going to be it's gonna be tough, I think. But, you know, yeah, like you said, it depends on who they're against. Like, yeah. Like, um, I think like if Moxley like goes full on heel against uh, you know Orange mm-hmm. uh, this week, it's a possibility he would get some booze against Orange Cassidy. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if they turn him heel against Cassidy or Brian because either of those. Yeah, are yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, it probably makes more sense if it was against Brian. See who would win? see. I, it's, the clear finals are going to be them too. But like, who do you think is going to win? I think Danielson wins, and then Moxley snaps, and you do an angle there, okay. and then I think. But it, see, but if if Paige is winning at full gear, yeah, would you just want to do Paige versus like I Ryan could, I, face versus face? Like, I don't think there's an issue with doing that. Okay, no, I don't either. I mean, and I think, he, really, really but that. again, obviously, you can do Moxley versus Paige, and Paige can win, and yeah. that's a big like see, thing for him. I, yeah, I just don't want it to like. If, like, Brian were to win and be like, oh, no, Paige isn't going to win now, is he? Like, yeah, you know I mean, like, because they can revisit the whole but I feel thing. like, But I feel like that's good because I feel like everybody going into this pay-per-view knows how Tony books. And, Ooh, and people, yeah. I feel like, I feel like everybody's comfortable enough to know that Hangman's going to win that match. Yeah. But, but if he has Brian win, it does put that thought in your mind yeah. that they're going to go back to it. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's definitely a, yeah, that's something good to sit in the back of your head. Whereas if Moxley wins, it's pretty clear they're just going to do... Because they're not going to do heel versus heel Omega and Moxley again. Right. Right. Those two, like Moxley versus Hangman, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do think it'll be interesting if Brian wins and you have Moxley not get a world title shot and Kingston goes heel, you could set them up to feud, uh, feud with like, the Lucha Bros for the tag titles. Yeah, I could definitely see that. So, and cool that. they already have ties because obviously Kingston and the Lucha Brothers were in uh, yeah. the family together. 100%, so. yeah. Anyways, that's Full Gear. We'll be talking much more about that this week when we review Dynamite, and next week when we review Dynamite, and next week when we do our predictions, and next week when we review the show. So, uh, if you're an AEW fan, keep your ears open. And if you're not an AEW fan, give it a chance. You're probably going to enjoy what you watch. Um, With that being said, it is time for Monday Night Raw. We killed 15 minutes for a proper introduction. That's what matters. 
It was announced earlier today that Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair would be opening Raw for the Raw Women's Championship. We established this match was happening last week. To open the show, we had interviews from both women backstage in gorilla position talking about the match before it started. And then they went. I don't have an official match time here, but I feel like it was like 20 minutes. They got like two commercial breaks. So it was, yeah. like, a, it was like a lengthy match. It was like yeah, the first half hour. 15, roll. 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, I thought it was a pretty good match. I didn't really have any complaints about like the actual match itself. Um, I thought they worked. It wasn't like the best wrestling I've seen, but for both of them, it was like really good stuff. Um, Bianca yeah. continues to shine, I think, with like power moves and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think what hurt this for me was like the last couple of minutes once Bianca took Becky to the outside and like dropped her face first onto the announce table, waited, started like jumping around, around and then like put her back in the ring. To acting like she was gonna and then pinned her and then reacted as if like this was like the most surprising thing and then went for another pin and was shocked again and then becky ended up um getting her into like an exposed turnbuckle and uh pinned her off that so i felt like the ending was just kind of messy but the rest of the match i thought was really good so i thought it was a good opener for all it just had a weird finish that i feel like would have worked better without the table yeah it was a good match um I, i just think yeah the ending was weird and then i think just overall I feel like they really, you know, fumbled the bag with, with uh, Bianca since yeah. uh, since Mania. Well, we'll talk about this. Well, we can talk about it now. Uh, later in the night, Becky cut a promo, and it, so it seems like Bianca's out of the title picture now. Finally, yeah, yeah right. Um, and she addressed that she's looking for a new competition. And this was a very awkward segment. Again, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but um, yeah, she she said she wanted a new competition. And then the camera panned over to the right and Liv Morgan was just staring at her. And Becky stopped mid-sentence and just walked away. And then Liv just like stared off into the distance and then it cut away. It was just very awkward and weird. But So yeah, Bianca Belair is out of the title picture, now it seems. And Liv Morgan will be facing Becky Lynch, at least for the meantime. Remember, we are on the road to Survivor Series in a couple weeks. So it's going to be Raw versus SmackDown. So yeah, I feel like a lot of people want, like... We're stressing for Liv Morgan to get a push, so maybe this is finally it. I mean, I don't think she's going to win, but... I just find it a little weird that we're setting this up now when we know... We're getting Becky versus Charlotte at the pay-per-view again. So I don't think Liv's getting a title shot until after. And the next pay-per-view... She hasn't really earned a title shot. No, uh, Sean Ross tweeted out she lost her last two matches. Yeah, so like, I, I, I think she should probably earn it and... Yeah, which they can work up to, yeah. um, but everybody needs to remind, uh, remember that we don't have a pay-per-view until January. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, well, we have Survivor Series, but we don't have like a proper pay-per-view where titles are on the line until January. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. So, yeah, because it'll just be like title versus title. Yeah, yeah. so, um, but interesting to see that Liv Morgan's getting the title shot. Uh, at least it's it's a fresh matchup, Becky and Liv. Yeah, so. that's true. Uh, can't fault them for that. Interested to see where Bianca goes, but I don't disagree that I feel like Bianca's really just like, her booking has been something yeah. really they like her like and mania, sasha mania was it mania right it was mania yeah she won a mania yeah yeah it should have never happened like that yeah are you thinking about the squash the squash no, no, no. summer slam summer slam sorry I'm, i don't know what i'm saying mania uh that's how much i don't watch the product yeah. um but yeah summer slam just should just never happened like that no and i think it really killed her momentum i uh, don't she just keeps on like either losing or it's like a wacky finish or it's like whatever I uh, I would concur with that. Um, so again, I'll be interested to see what they do with her. Yeah. For sure. 
Um, maybe she'll end up having a better fallout from this than the, the other two Raw Women's Champions in uh, Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H., who uh, are tag champs, and Rhea is, like, Nikki's protector, because Nikki's a child, apparently. Yeah, I guess so. After this, we went backstage, and we saw Dominic and Rey Mysterio, and they were standing next to Kevin Patrick, who uh, the camera work was terrible here, because we got to see Kevin Patrick's awkward stance where he was, like standing like a crab backstage with like his legs spread apart to make him look shorter Dude, that's awful like if you're gonna do that shit don't make it noticeable like Absolutely not. like that one's like a that must be you know how uncomfortable that man must be to like stand like that like for someone like yeah i mean that's just so unnatural like it's so stupid like why do they gotta do that who cares if he's taller like you know what i mean like, like who cares no one thinks that austin theory is a tall guy He's I, like in the cruiserweight division. I, I basically I <laughs> like he would make it on two hundred five live. I and Mysterio, we know Mysterio's not tall. Yeah, Mysterio's whole thing is that he is small. Yeah, so I don't know why like, we're what? trying to make him look tall. Just very weird. Um, anywho, Theory just comes in to uh, basically just rub it in Mysterio or Ray's face that he beat Dominic last week, and this was setting up Ray versus Austin Theory next. Which I actually thought was another solid match. I would have given it like a like a thumbs up because I thought they did really well. And then we got arguably what I would say is one of the worst finishes to a wrestling match this year, where Austin Theory goes and kicks Dominic in the face, and then uh, as Ray sets up Theory for the six one nine. Dom slaps Austin Theory across the face while the ref is not watching. Right. And let's Ray Mysterio hit the six one nine. Let's Ray roll him right. up for or like pin him. And then as Ray is pinning him, he then turns to the ring bell and says DQ, DQ. And it's I feel like, like heels do worse than that. No sense. And don't get don't get disqualified. Absolutely no sense. Um, it's just very weird. And in the main event, we saw Seth Rollins do a similar thing where he he slapped. Um, I think he slapped. Yeah, he slapped Big E. This played into it, and the ref was actually looking more in the direction and did not DQ yeah. it. But the ref did not see this and apparently didn't hear it and then just called for a DQ. I thought it was absolutely awful and it just, like, ruined, like, any sense that this was, like, a real thing. Yeah, so, sure. um, really dumb. Uh, so Austin Theory wins via DQ because Dominic Mysterio slapped him and the ref didn't see it. So, uh, yeah. Um, we go to a promo from Seth Rollins after this. Uh, he comes out and does Joey's favorite thing in the world, dancing to the ring. Dude, Seth Rollins is a good wrestler. He, he's really he's he's a good wrestler. He definitely is. But this is the worst character he has ever had. This is literally the if you like look back if you're like a real big fan of Rollins and you look back during his like uh, you know his like Money in the Bank run. And all that stuff, and how how great he was, and how you fast forwarded to this. I don't know what this is. Maybe a passion project or something. <laughs> but this is awful. This character just makes no sense. Like, what is a drip god? I don't he's, understand. He's like, the, he's the visionary. Visionary of, I guess, yeah. But well, I was happy this week. So he, this week he didn't do the Fred Hampton thing. He didn't do the I am a revolutionary. So he finally dropped that. <laughs> probably a good. Probably good. I honestly. agree. Anyway, he comes out and says, uh, last week in the ladder match, he beat. Three former top-tier world champions to earn a title shot against Big E. He says it feels good, it feels right, and he says that Raw is his show, it's Monday Night Rollins. He says the only thing that's missing is the title around his waist, and fortunately, the contract he has guarantees that you're looking at the next WWE champion. 
And Big E then comes on out, and he congratulates Seth on the ladder match, and he says that he takes issue uh, with the way he refused a handshake last week. And um, this is basically just setting up our, our feud post-Survivor Series, which is going to be Rollins and Big E for the title. Eventually, Kevin Owens comes out, and um, I'm going to be honest... Kevin Owens and Big E drop some hints here that I think a lot of people are probably going to read into. Yeah. I think it's very on the nose. Um, it still seems like it's a very fluid situation where mm. nobody really knows where Owens is going to land. Yeah. But Owens made reference to the uh, about what he's doing on Raw in the next three months, and Big E name-dropped Mount Rushmore. Um, yeah. But, but Owens also did say, we're three years. That's true. Hinting that he could resign. Um, so I think at this point it just seems uh, maybe maybe Owens is kind of like indecisive on what his future holds. Or, or, or at the same time he's sure he knows, but he's just kind of playing into yeah, the I, internet and absolutely people understand people know. You know what I mean, like, people Ke- pay attention. Owens also seems like the guy who, if he is going to leave, I feel like he already told them. But this is kind of like how they treated Dean Ambrose leaving, um, where right. they gave him like a proper exit. Right. Um, yeah, I can see that. So. Um, I don't know. I still, I still would bet on Owens going to AEW. I just feel like yeah. it would make a lot of sense for him to do it. Yeah. Like if you look back to Kevin Owens when he debuted on main roster in twenty, the spring of twenty fifteen when he started feuding with Cena while NXT right. champion, mm-hmm. came in hot, super hot, yeah. and was pushed straight out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, was seen as an equal to Cena. Yeah. Um, then eventually won the the Universal That's title right, after yeah. Finn had to relinquish it. Then dropped it to Goldberg, and he has not yeah, recovered since. No, he hasn't. I, has he held, like, mid-card titles? Yeah. Like, a few times, maybe? Yes, but he has not. But yeah, I just feel like, yeah. I mean, and then, like, when you really see Owens and you, like, listen to them on the mic and, like, in the ring, you just see how, how good he really is. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I feel like he's just one that's, like, he's just, you know, like a drifter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's just kind of there. Absolutely. Like, he had the, I mean, he had like the feud he's... with Shane McMahon, yeah. and then earlier this year he had the feud with Roman, <laughs> right. but he's never he's never gotten back to the level that he was at, and that no. was in 2017, 2018, and it's now 2021. Yeah, a long, so, long time ago. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and again, Owens isn't like a young man anymore, mm-hmm. and working the WWE schedule versus the AEW schedule yeah. is very different, as we went he's over... A guy that has had... You know, injuries. Injuries, and he has a family. Yeah. So. Um, and we went over it on AEW last week when we talked about Brian, who said he wanted to work less matches, and I mentioned that in 2013, the last year that Daniel Bryan was, like, fully healthy before right. his injuries, the man worked 228 matches in a year. That's insane. You could wrestle every week on Dynamite for 30 minutes, and it would not be the same as that. That's crazy. So... Um, yeah, I, I still think Owens goes to AEW. I just I think it's a better fit, and I think that would be a good way for him to go. Oh, yeah. 100%. So I think like, all his friends are there, and it just makes sense. Absolutely. Um, anyway, this was setting up uh, Owens challenging Big E tonight, and so Owens versus Big E is the main event, and that's that. After this, we went backstage, and we saw Queen Zelina Vega and Carmella uh, walking around last week, Zelina Vega debuted her British accent, but she was going in and out of it, where she was like speaking like one sentence in British and then she'd go back to it. This week, she's full on British, and uh, they run in. Uh, a little weak still. 
I yeah. say. They run into Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. backstage, and they ask uh, Nikki where she got her mask, and Nikki says that she made it herself, and they say that they love it, and then they walk away and make a snide comment about it, and then Rhea Ripley comes up and says, you're not going to hurt her feelings. I'm here for her. So apparently Rhea Ripley is the protector of Nikki uh, Ash, and Nikki is a child who needs yeah. to have Even her... Even she's almost a superhero. She's almost a superhero, and both of them were women's champions uh, just a few months ago, but now they're tag champs, and Nikki is, again, basically a literal child who needs yeah. to be protected by mean words about a mask. Yeah, pretty directionalist, honestly. It just um, feels like such a step down. It's just, just, again, there's really no meaning to any of this. Carmella and Zelina Vega versus Nikki and Rhea. I have absolutely nothing to say about this match. Uh, Carmella and Zelina won uh, with Zelina Vega pinning Nikki, and apparently this was a championship contenders match, so I guess they're the number one contenders. Yeah, well, I guess they are. I mean, who else is going to be? Do you think that Zelina and Nikki, or sorry, Zelina and Carmella are going to win the title? Yeah, I think there's a huge chance, okay. honestly, because it seems like they're booking Zelina not to lose as queen. That's so. fair, which is very interesting because I feel like a lot of times you get like King of the Ring or Money in the Bank winners, and they just start losing, yeah. and they think that the gimmick's going to carry them. Yeah, um, that is true. But um, but hey, you never know. Carmella Carmella could just eat the pin. That's true. That is true. And they can still protect. Uh, Selena, so I don't know. I guess we'll have to say. I'd imagine it'll be next week. They'll do the match. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Um, also worth noting uh, two things during this match. One, they kept cutting backstage to show, as they called it, the rest of the Raw women's division. It was Dewdrop, <laughs> Tamina, uh, Liv, and Dana Brooke, and they were watching this match for. What was the reason they were watching this? None of them are tag teams. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. No, they probably should have been watching uh, Becky versus... Uh, and that, that would have made sense because Liv challenged Becky know. later. Yeah, right, right. No sense. And then the other thing I want to say is Corey Graves <laughs> needs to stop. Dude, Unbearable. He's Dude, he's, he's I already bad. don't like him during Raw, but him during Carmella, he's just uh. screaming over everybody about how hot Carmella is. And like, I get it. They're engaged. They're a couple. Oh, Imagine any other company doing this where yeah, somebody's right. just screaming and shouting. Like... Impact. Josh Matthews yeah. when he was on commentary yeah. and Madison Rain. I don't think Josh Ma- Josh Matthews is a bad commentator. Yeah. I don't think he was screaming right. about his wife. Well, didn't they share a booth together? Yeah, yeah. but Josh was also... They, they jo- like, oh, I love you, I love you. <laughs> That's true, but I meant more so when Josh was commentating <laughs> yeah, yeah, before yeah. she, no, like... Yeah. Um, absolutely bizarre. I really can't stand Corey Graves. He, he hurts the show, in my opinion. Yeah. And like he's just he bullies Byron. There's a company that's like, don't be a bully, be a star. And he's like, Byron, the the only time you've talked to a woman as hot as Carmella is when you have a subscription. Like he's saying that like he doesn't need to make comments like this. Why? (laughs) For in a wrestling like like why? Why why do they need to do that? I have no idea. What does it accomplish? It's not furthering stories. (laughs) I don't. Yeah. Right. Like. you know, Byron's just trying to call the match. <laughs> Literally, Byron does not do anything. Your family's going to die in a fire. Dude, like, Byron doesn't do anything, and Corey just antagonizes yeah, him. Yeah, I don't understand, dude. <laughs> Absolutely bizarre. I don't understand. Also, I don't know if you saw I meant to mention this before we started. Um, 
a couple weeks ago when Dana, I think Dana Brooke wrestled Shayna Baszler. Oh, yeah. And Corey Graves made the comment that WWE needs to cut their losses with Dana Brooke. Yeah. Uh, and he was on a podcast. He was on a podcast. He said that he, he texted Dana Brooke the next day and apologized. But his apology was just saying, no hard feelings. Right. This man advocated for her to be fired on live television <laughs> and oh, then said, no hard man. feelings. Yeah, that, that's messy, honestly. Dude, that's what probably, the fuck? Probably not a good thing to do. Anyway, up next we had Biggie uh, backstage, and he runs into the Alpha Academy. So we had Chad Gable, mm-hmm. and he has a clipboard with him. So that's a that's a thing now. I don't know what that's about? Apparently, um, again, Graves on commentary was mentioning. The teacher. Well, no, he was saying that he's like Otis's mentor now. Oh, so I okay. guess that's the gimmick is that he's teaching okay. Otis. Okay. Um, we got the greatest quote of the year from Big E saying, look what you did to Otis. He looks like a walking thumb. I mean, he does. <laughs> I, he looks so weird and like, he didn't talk at all during this segment. I want to know how he sounds as a heel. Otis did not say a word. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't imagine him being a heel. Like, you know what I mean? That's true. So I feel like they just don't have him talk. <laughs> he can just come off as like this like weird looking guy that's like always... You know, angry. I see no lie. Um, he mentioned that he got his master's degree over the weekend, and he got a 4.0 GPA. So, so yeah. congrats to Chad Gable yeah. Yeah, from Full Sail University. Um, and he says that he's working to turn Otis into a focused competitor, not just some entertainer. And says that he could have done the same for Biggie. Um, and so, yeah, I'll be interested to see again. Chad Gable actually got a surprisingly good presentation night because um, after this, he wrestled Finn Balor. And it was a pretty back and forth match. It wasn't like just a squash. Yeah, anything's better than Shorty G. Everything is better than Shorty G. That is a good point. Um, In between this and the match, we got another video package for Veer, and he has a new name. He has a last name now. That's shocking. Shocking that they they gave him. They're adding a last. They're adding last names. So uh, I I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's Veer Mahan is how I'm going with. Um, M A H A A N. So, uh, but he is coming to Raw. After this, we had Chad Gable versus Finn Balor. Thought it was a pretty little solid match. Yeah. Um, again, we had to see Chad Gable actually get to wrestle, which is always a good thing. Otis just stood at ringside being a thumb. Yeah, and he did. Finn Balor. The only thing I had a gripe with this match was uh, is nitpicking. This isn't like a point I would take off on the show. Yeah. But commentary saying Finn Balor said he wanted to come to Raw so he could face new competition. Him and Chad Gable were both on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, I mean commentary is just never going to make sense. No, absolutely. It's like it just felt like they don't pay attention to their own show. They don't. Um, it, you can just tell that they're like being like like told a script in mm-hmm. a way, and they're just like it just really feels unnatural. Because if you like compare like WWE's commentary with like, AEW's commentary, AEW's commentary feels like more natural in a way. Yeah, it just feels like, like they're, they're having fun. Have, Right, right. And it feels like it, they actually watch like, the product. Like, of course, I'm sure Tony Khan's, like, in their, like, maybe not, like, oh, like in their ear, in their ear. Like, he's, like, listening in, I'm sure. But he's yeah. probably not, like, what Vince does. Like, bah, like, like what, uh, remember what Renee, like, said about when Vince was in her ear. And mm-hmm. was like, oh, you ruined it. You ruined the moment. But, like, yeah, so, like. I don't know. It's just, it's really bad. It's really annoying, honestly. I, I agree. Maybe SmackDown's better because it's cold. It's only two people. Yeah. And it's sad, though, because I feel like, like, Raw commentary, when there is a good match, I feel like it takes away from the match quality. Cause I gotta oh, hear, absolutely. I gotta hear these idiots, you know, 
arguing back and forth and fucking Corey Graves bullying uh, Byron. I'm telling you, Corey Graves must have like Corey Graves JBL for too long. Corey Graves 100 percent is getting. I, I feel like we're gonna give him worst commentator of the year. Ryan and Angela won't because they don't watch Raw, but we're giving it to him. I don't even care. Um, but yeah, I was gonna. I'm actually gonna uh, rescind my comment about SmackDown's commentary team because remembering SummerSlam and when Brock Lesnar returned, uh, and Pat McAfee. I love Pat McAfee, but Pat McAfee and Michael Cole just started screaming into their mics yeah. about how good Brock looked. And Cole, Cole, I don't know if this is a Cole thing or like a Vince thing. Anytime there's like a surprise, Cole is just directed or he just does it on his own to scream the person's name and saying, oh my god. And I feel like just ruins. Imagine like, just look back at like CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Imagine if when CM Punk showed up on, on the first dance, if Jim Ross just started screaming, CM Punk, CM Punk, oh my god, look who's here. No, CM oh Punk god. came out. CM Punk came out. There was no commentary for the first yeah, couple of minutes. They just they let, let it play. It, yeah, they let it, they and let when Adam Cole and Brian Danielson ended all all out, it was a similar thing where was, they weren't shouting in your ears. They just let you see it. Like I'd rather yeah. hear the music and see the crowd right. react than listen to Michael yeah, Cole I scream. I don't care what Michael Cole has to say about no. it. Like. So... Um, yeah, I guess it's just a WWE thing, but uh, yeah, be, yeah. Balor won with a superplex, and then uh, got uh, what you call it, Gable in for a small package. So, yeah. uh, pretty good match, though. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree, and then I agree to your point. Yeah, Corey Graves is a lock for worst commentator for me. He's a lock. Like the, no, nothing's gonna ever change my mind. I don't care. I don't care how many times Jericho's yelling on commentary. That's whatever. He's not a full-time commentator. Whatever. That's like, true. Corey Graves is the this is This is his job. Full com- yeah, he is their like main commentator, I'd say, on yeah. all. He's like their main guy. Because you have like Jimmy Smith, who's pretty green, and then Byron's not bad, but just Byron's just Byron. You know Byron I mean? would be fine if he didn't have Corey with him. That's a, I, I agree. Yeah. If you had like Byron and Cole or Byron and Pat, I think it'd be yeah. okay. I feel like Byron like, actually tries to pay attention to the matches and 100%. stuff. And, like, and he not, seems like a likable guy. Not do dumb shit. Like, say, say dumb shit. Like, oh my god. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. Bizarre. Uh, anywho, we go backstage. Matt Riddle's on his scooter and he runs into Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, who Kurt Angle said uh, in an interview that he sees Bobby Roode as a future WWE champion. 45-year-old Bobby Roode. What a time to be yeah, alive. Sure, Kurt. <laughs> Whatever you say. Uh, so this is basically just setting us up for the new direction for the Raw tag titles. AJ and Omos seem to be out of the Raw tag title scene yeah, because AJ like, was not at Raw last yeah, week. Omos they, keeps on coming. Omos keeps attack, like screwing over the Street Profits. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that's about. <laughs> yeah, what is that about? I don't know. He screwed him, uh, he screwed him out of their the number one contendership mm-hmm. last week. Yeah. And again, AJ was not on Raw last week. He was supposed to be. Right. And then he was not even mentioned tonight. And Omos yeah, just has weird. his own music back again. Um, but, yeah. Uh, we also, at the end of this, Riddle Riddle started talking about dirty dog, like literal dirty dogs, and he ended it saying, like, rough, rough. Mm-hmm. Get off. No. No. <laughs> uh, we, we got uh, Ziggler and Rude versus the Street Profits. I gonna be honest i don't remember this match except for omos coming out and interrupting it and costing the street profits yeah so uh 
The Dirty Dogs win. Also, basically the whole first like five minutes of the match, the crowd was just chanting, we want Randy and we want Riddle. They did not care about the Street Profits or the Dirty Dogs. And then by the end of this, the crowd was into it, and then they just died once Omos came out and screwed it. Oh, no, we're talking about they cut off the feed. That was when, after the match. That was yeah, after, yeah, when Orton was about to like. Yeah, so this was bizarre. That was weird. So, so the Dirty Dogs win, and I'm assuming they're now the number one contenders again for the tag titles, despite getting a shot last week. Yeah. Um, but Omos comes out, and as the commentary saying Riddle's running after Omos and Randy's chasing him, and the crowd like pops hard for this. Whatever happens, we don't see it. the The camera cuts, and then the audio just goes out and cuts to a recap from last week. It was so like. And then it Jarring. Comes, then it comes back to, to Damian Priest. Yeah, we never got an answer as to what happened. Yeah, it was this weird. was weird. That was really weird. Um, anywho, we got the video package for Damian Priest versus T Bar last week, where we got the introduction of Damian's new character, where he has the new music, and he's a good guy who has a dark side that comes out when he snaps. So that's the character that we're going with. Yeah. Um, so in his promo, he says that he has a side of him that's always been there, but he keeps it at bay because people tend to get hurt. He expect, uh, he expects um, respect, and he gives it in return. He had no issues with T-Bar until he threw a chair into his face last week. And when he gets disrespected, he goes to a dark place, and he takes you with him. And uh, it's announced that their match this week, the rematch, will be a no-DQ match. And we go to this, and yeah. Uh, I thought this was, was for a rematch I did not care about. I thought last week was just going to be like just establishing this and we we're going to move on. Mm-hmm. I thought this was really solid. This was a fun yeah. no DQ match, and we had yeah. one of the I, I one of the best looking table spots. I think yeah, I think the no DQ stipulation made it made it a good like a good match. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the table the table exploded. I've never seen something like this. <laughs> T bar got put <laughs> through a table outside, and the table yeah. just like shattered. This looked so, so good, and yeah. then the camera yeah. work here was good too because it just yeah. panned up and just like zoomed in on Priest's eyes and looked crazy. Yeah. Um, so shockingly, I am giving praise to yeah. WWE's camera yeah, work. Rare. Congratulations. A rare, very rare, rare compliment. Yeah. Right after they just randomly started cutting away to stuff before. Yeah, you know. That uh, fucking camera cuts. Anyway, yeah, I thought this was really solid. Um, I'm interested in Damien Priest's new character. All I'm hoping for coming out of this... Priest won. Um, all I'm hoping for coming out of this is that Priest is done with T-Bar. Mm-hmm. He beat him last week. He oh, beat yeah, him this week. There's no reason there's to no do no a third why? match. Uh, he's 2-0. and T-Bar does not need to lose another one right. and doesn't need to win. Right. Um, so I'd say Priest moves on. T-Bar go off TV. T-Bar come back as Dijakovic so we can right. get rid of the face paint and shit because I don't need it. Yeah. Retribution's dead. Right. So, um, But I'm interested to see what happens for Damian Priest. Well, after the match. What happened? What, did I miss something? Oh, out. fuck yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I <laughs> you know what? I honestly wanted to forget about this because... It's tw- it's 2021 and Apollo Cruz comes out and is doing the Nigerian accent with Commander Aziz, yeah. and says that he's here. Spoiler: He's not like he doesn't have a Nigerian accent. No, normally. But he says he's here to make Raw more entertaining, and he'll be seeing Priest very soon. So, yeah, uh, so I'm guessing that's the next feud for that. Yeah, I guess so. Um, interesting. I don't know what yeah. what Apollo's done. <laughs> I don't think he's had a match on Raw since since coming Aziz over. Done. I don't think he's really wrestling. I don't I think, think he's, he's had there. a match. 
I think yeah. he's literally, but like Apollo again. Apollo literally was on a losing streak on SmackDown oh, yeah. because he lost the IC title yeah, and just I feel like, like yeah, he got that new character and then he just didn't do anything with it. So uh, really yeah, weird. we go backstage. John Morrison is a person who still exists in the company and he's just meditating backstage before Reggie shows up and then all the twenty four seven goons show up and chase Reggie. Just not even in the 24 7. Yeah, just there. He's just there. He's not even trying to chase it. No. Um, And uh, Truth blames Tazawa for screwing him out of the title. Tazawa blames him. And then Drake Maverick says it's both their faults. No idea. Dude, I don't know. (sighs) Becky. I'll never know. Don't understand that title. (laughs) That title is so stupid. It's the same thing for the last three years. like. Maybe, like, the first, like, few weeks, maybe it was, like, kind of entertaining. But, like, no. It's it's, it's just it's, the same thing every week. Yeah, and, it, and it's been narrowed down to, like, three guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is that entertaining? I don't... Anytime, it's the same three people. Anytime somebody says, like, oh, man, the 24 24th... It's, like, funny. I don't find it funny be- no. or entertaining. Because, like you said, it's the same three people. Yeah. It's Apollo. Or not Apollo. It's Tazawa, yeah, Truth, Tazawa, and yeah. Maverick. That's it. Exactly. Like, why would I care about any of this? Those are, yeah, exactly. Anywho, then we get the Becky Lynch promo that we talked about before. So it looks like Becky and Liv Morgan is happening. And then we go to the main event, which is Biggie and Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Uh, before this, we have Kevin Owens backstage, and Rollins comes up to him, basically says that he'll help Kevin win if he allows him to uh, come out. So that, And then that if Seth wins the title, Kevin gets first shot. Uh, Kevin says he doesn't need that, so... Uh, yeah. Uh, again, I thought this was a solid main event that we got here. Um, it'd be kind of hard for Biggie and Kevin Owens to do bad. Yeah. They're very good. Um, but I was happy to see that for the most part, this was just a straight up match. Uh, Rollins eventually came out and he did play into the finish here where there was, uh, he gave Biggie a slap while the ref was looking at Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens didn't see it apparently and then went to pin Biggie. Uh, Biggie then rolled him up and got the win there. And after the match, uh, Biggie was upset with this because he said Owens knew and cheated. Owens says that he didn't. They bumped, they bumped heads before this, and so he says he was knocked out. Um, he says that Rollins is a stupid son of a bitch, and then he says next week, uh, Owens versus Rollins, one-on-one. And then he continues to try and apologize to Biggie. He puts his hand on his shoulder and says, you know me, that's not what I would do. And then Big E just picks him up and drops him with the big end. Yeah, that's this was this like part was a little weird because like Kevin was like fumbling, kind of fumbling his words in a way. He was like all over the place. Like sorry, in the head. Like I'm still knocked out. Like it was just like it just felt really strange. And like I was like, you know what? I, I kept on thinking to myself, he was like, Kevin Owens is gonna attack him, isn't he? Yeah. The entire time. And then he, and then bam, Big E. Like, what the hell? So my thing is, I'm assuming Seth beats Owens next week, mm-hmm. and then Owens maybe turns heel. Yeah. Because um, otherwise, I, like, I have no I feel idea. Like Owens is face heel, face heel. So yeah, 100. Like, percent Absolutely. Back and forth. That's why we always did. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was raw. Um, honestly, I'd go thumbs in the middle, pointed up. I yeah. can't give it a thumbs up fully because there was still bad on this show. Um, yeah. I, again, like the the Austin Theory finish thing was uh, atrocious, and it, then it, it kind of, for me it ruined the main event kind of because we saw like Austin Theory win via DQ because someone slapped somebody, yeah. And in the main event, 
We right. saw the exact same thing right. where the ref right. could see and hear Rollins do it and no DQ. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you had the women's tag title match, which or not tag title match, just the women's like tag team thing, which yeah. I don't remember at all. No. Uh, no, anything special and we're, we're just pinning the champions once again and then um what was the other thing i wanted to say um oh and the the raw tag titles like i, I don't care about the dirty dogs i didn't need omos interfering yeah. it just felt like a mess but for the most part this was i would say this is the best raw i've watched since we started again yeah i agree when it comes to like match quality for sure yeah this um, felt like a wrestling show this week there was a lot of yeah. wrestling so this yeah. was a positive note. I will say yeah. that. So I'll also give it um, thumbs in the middle pointing up. Um, I thought the match quality was really good, but there was some bad. Honestly. Yeah, if they if and they this show could have been the show. All you needed to do was have Rhea and Nikki win. No dumb DQ. Just have Austin Theory yeah. beat Rey Mysterio. Why couldn't he beat him? Ray, Ray's the, not a protected wrestler anymore. I think the perfect formula that that for us to give like raw thumbs up would be th- this show with the match quality but then get rid get rid of the rematches and the bad booking and the bad finishing and booking and then the cringy fucking backstage segments that we get <laughs> yeah um that's true that's true i didn't yeah. Need, like yeah I didn't need the dude every week, dude. Riddle backstage. The riddle. I can't do I it. I didn't need the riddle. I can't I, do again, it. like you said, I, neither of us are into the Seth Rollins character, so I too can't do it. And then yeah, the really awkward Liv Morgan approach. Oh yeah, shit. I, don't, I knew it was something. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but again, by far. Oh, like, and the fucking Kevin Patrick thing. Is it? Oh Kevin yeah, Patrick, yeah. Right? Kevin Patrick just like <laughs> crap, <laughs> crap, crap. Yeah. Um. But again, so overall. You can't say we're raw haters. We gave yeah, the show dude, it was I, I it was praise. it was more positive than negative, but there was negative on it, so we can't just give it overwhelming praise. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, that was raw. Mm-hmm. So that was raw. Um, if you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. We're on basically every podcast streaming service. Follow us on Twitter at Deep Six Wrestling without the G, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And then keep posted this week for our dynamite review impact review next week we'll have dynamite and impact and full gear predictions as well as a full gear review so that's what's coming up sure will we appreciate you taking less than an hour we got it done in uh, like 50 minutes so yeah. we, we appreciate you if you listen to the whole show we appreciate it uh thanks for the support of course um and we'll talk to you guys next time peace